Hello, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year and five-time winner of Best of Gwinnett Award in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit WholeFoodHealthCoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. Our award-winning three-phase program is changing lives. Work Well is brought to you weekly and is dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinion, and my faith designed to bring you compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. Work Well comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose, die of old age, and help others to do the same. So from living rooms to boardrooms here on Business Radio X, you're listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf. All right, let's do this. Dan, you get to decide whether this is funny or not, but I'm going to share a little story to get us to at least smile today. So it's called A Little Less Help This Time. The mounted soldier was galloping down the road, rushing to catch up with his regimen, when all of a sudden his horse saw something and he stopped dead in its tracks, pitching her rider forward right to the ground. Lying in the dirt with a broken leg, terrified of the approaching enemy, the soldier called out, All you saints in heaven, help me get back up on my horse. Then with superhuman effort, he leaped from the ground up onto the horse's back and right over the other side. Once again on the ground, he called to the heavens, All right, just half of you this time? Okay. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, we all need a little help every now and then. And so I'm grateful um, for the help that I have in my life and those that surround me. And um, I'm super excited for the things that we've been able to accomplish this year. So I just figured this out. This is my 50th show. And since starting this, so that's a lot. I'm pretty impressed. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, I know there's applause happening out there in audience land. But if you've been listening to our podcast, then you know that every week I seek to offer you inspiration and information. So I love to see you challenge yourself, change something, improve something, let go of something, pick up something, start something, restart something. So in January, we did new beginnings. In February, heart health. March was marvelous marriage marathon month. In April, spring cleaning. And in May, Women's Health Month. June was Men's Health Month. July was aging gracefully, thanks to my birthday of that month. And then August, back to school and personal development. That was one of my favorite months, actually, until this month. And this month is September. So we are fall forward is our theme for the month. And it's all about self-care. And so happy fall, y'all. And fall forward. So our theme of self-care, we're just going to continue on with that because the beginning um, last week we went for go to work well. And I did talk about corporate uh, wellness programs and things that I do along those lines. And today our topic or our title, if you're keeping track, is self-care superpowers. And today I'm joined with my friend and referral partner, Jennifer Jennifer Wilmoth. 
a therapist and owner of Thrive Forward Therapy. Welcome, Jennifer. Good to have you back. Thanks so much for having me, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so I'm the owner of Thrive Forward Therapy. We are located in Swanee and, um, we have a variety of different therapists that have different specialty areas and we work, um, all the way from age three to 103. So really everything in between, uh, stress, anxiety, depression, uh, working with the family just to have better relationships, couples to have better relationships. Um, so we really kind of do it all in that. Um, we also work with, uh, corporate leaders, um, um, and you know, also uh, professional athletes. So that's terrific. That's I love the thrive forward, especially since this month fall forward is yes. making sense uh, to us. And so I just couldn't do this month without you. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited that you're here today. Well, our tree, our theme, you know, of self-care. And I was thinking to myself, okay, what do you do for self-care? And whenever anybody asks me my um, claim to fame or my secret of success, I always say Jesus, Jack, and Juice Plus, or not, now it's pretty much Jesus, Jack, and journals, because I really encourage people to write and record their thoughts in, um, in, notebooks, journals. I have one here and we actually brought uh, several of our things. I want you to talk about yours too. Mm -hmm. But for me, uh, you know, my relationship with Jesus is a foundation to everything that I do. And I'm super proud of that. And uh, it's changed my life from, you know, a teenager. And so it is one of my self-care prayer. I'm going to talk a lot about um, some of those things in the coming weeks. But I also have my, um, my husband and our relationship of over 49 years. So I rely on him and he relies on me. That's another one of my self-care. And then my journalings. I have one with me. It's one of my favorites because I actually had it um, engraved for myself. It says, Stephanie, where my story meets his story. And his meaning my Jesus. And um, history. Because there's a lot of things that we can record over life. And it's just, it's just good to sometimes get it out of your head onto paper, right? And you don't want, you know, back mm -hmm. in the day, the diaries that, you know, you could lock them mm -hmm. and didn't want anybody to ever see. But there's really a power in getting something out, right? Yes. And that's where you guys come in and allowing somebody to just have a space where they can be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Say it out loud. You know, a lot of times it feels different as you're saying it out loud. A lot of times people say that that sounded different in my head. But as I'm saying it out loud, they kind of come up with their own uh, solutions to problems potentially or a different perspective as they're saying it out loud. So journaling can do that. Therapy can do that. Uh, there's a lot of different different ways. But yeah, saying it out loud, getting it out, it, there's just something about it. It's I different. Like that. Yes. It, I, I find that being therapeutic for me. And I guess I've been doing it for a long time, especially I've got a Facebook page that's devoted to my devotionals and scripture mm -hmm. and some of the things that I've done. And it's just basically me and my journal in the morning with Jesus. And then I start um, just typing it in with my thumbs, actually, because usually I've just got my phone mm -hmm. um, out on the porch with me. And um, and I'll just start writing about it. So Stephanie Wolf Ministries exists only on that Facebook page anymore because I don't do anything other than that. But you brought some things with you today. Yes. So uh, I know our listeners can't see them, but maybe you can tell them a little bit about them. Yeah. So when I think of self-care, I think of um, something different than I feel like a lot of times mainstream talks about of kind of this pampering idea or that it's mainly for girls and females. I don't think of it that way yeah. um, at all. I think of it more of what is our rhythms, right? So just mm -hmm. like you were talking about and, you know, for myself, right? 
this Jesus is part of a rhythm. You know, every morning before I get out of bed, it's it's prayer, and it, you know, it's kind of um, refocusing on what's you know the day ahead, and you know what maybe God has uh, in store. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also kind of the rhythms um, such as just using time wisely. And so I have a clock here because um, time can, uh, you know, if we don't figure out what we want to do with our time, it kind of just figures it out on its own. And sometimes that's what we wanted to use the time for. And sometimes it's not. And so really figuring out what is our priority uh, and how do we want to use that time wisely. Um, And then I also have a picture of uh, one of our more uh, recent family trips uh, to the Virgin Islands. It's a beautiful picture, um, Mm. but really just the idea of taking breaks. Mm. So having a rhythm of breaks that doesn't have to be a lavish vacation. It could simply just be daily breaks, weekly breaks. But Mm. what does that look like? And then I always like to take yearly breaks of vacations as well. That was good. Last week I taught um, the one, 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 one that I teach. Mm. It's one minute every um, hour and, you know, just getting up, standing, stretching, whatever. And Mm -hmm. then one hour a day, which is your lunch hour. Everybody should be able to have a lunch hour. Mm -hmm. And then one day a week, which is my Sabbath, which is Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then one week a year, at least, you know, being able to get away. I can't even imagine, you know, sometimes I'm just winding down and it's time to wind, you know, get myself back ready to pack, um, come back Mm -hmm. home. So that self-care is super important. And I love the things that um, we've already shared. But I did ask Alexa today, just so you know, it, it came straight from uh, Alexa, what self-care is. And she said, some. I thought it was great, the process of establishing behaviors to ensure holistic well-being of oneself, promote health, and actively manage illness when it occurs. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was pretty inclusive, you mm-hmm. know, of all kinds of um, parts of our life. And, you know, people who come to you, they have a lot of needs, and it might be emotional, it might be mental, it might be physical, it might be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a lot of the same kind of things, but tell us a little bit about your practice and how you address those things. What happens when someone comes in to Thrive Forward Therapy, let's say, the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we most of us are licensed uh, fa- uh, family therapists, um, and so we um, are really going to start by looking at an assessment of what's going on and um, what are the things that they're really wanting to focus on. So um, that could be a variety of different things, but we really start to look at that and then try to kind of give an idea of, like, how did this come to be and starting to kind of connect some of those thoughts dots. We work a lot with teenagers, kids, um, families. And so those presentings can be self-care, right? That self-care just didn't quite happen or there was a stressor that happened. Um, it could also be anxiety, depression, but we start to put together a plan and then start to work towards what those goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very collaborative process. So we want that to be something that fits for the family or the individual, something that's really going to help them to achieve and kind of get to where that they're wanting to be. Um, that's nice because they have that support from family that's bringing them, of course. And and today we're really leaning into the children and teens in our life. But mm-hmm. another definition I found is self-care is the practice of taking action to preserve 
or improve one's own health because it so it doesn't have to be you're in trouble you know mm-hmm. it's taking action to preserve something that you enjoy or love like taking a vacation or getting away from um, the clock you know mm-hmm. ticking away at you all the time and it also said the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness in particular during periods of stress and we're going to talk about stress but I tell the client my clients that it's um, the opposite of self-care is I don't care <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> and it's just where they're like oh well whatever you know it is what it is that's one of my least favorite sayings because it doesn't have to be yeah. what it is we can make adjustments and especially when this says you know taking action mm-hmm. and they're both of those said establishing behaviors and taking action and preserving and improving so we all have room for improvement Yeah, all of us. And I love that it says um, protecting and preserving because it really is that, you know, so if if you don't take care of your own self-care, right, then it's not really going to happen. So I love this idea of like being proactive versus reactive. Just like our audience, they're proactive because Mm -hmm. um, they're listening to work well with Stephanie Wolf and working. Exactly. They might be working with one of our amazing health coaches at Whole Food Health Coach or one of the amazing therapists Mm -hmm. at Thrive Forward Therapy. We're doing a lot more together these days, and I I really appreciate our our foundation, I guess. Mm -hmm. We both share a lot of the same things, and we've got some desires to partner, but not be more than just referral partners. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that. So tell our audience a little bit more about what we're doing. Yeah, so we're partnering together uh, in terms of thinking about the mind and the body and how we can work together and helping someone uh, kind of get to where they want to be. So, you know, with therapy, we can really kind of uh, work on the psychological pieces of things in the mind and, um, you know, kind of the cognitive pieces. And then when we hit a spot where it really seems like they could benefit from uh, kind of working on their nutrition, their body, and how that intersects with their mind, um, you know, that's when we send people over your way. And I think it's just a beautiful part partnership um, that we can work in both of those ways um, and really help people to get to where they're wanting to be. Exactly. And I, I love that because I feel like there, you know, I, I can't handle all that you handle and mm-hmm. it's nice when you don't have to handle all of, mm-hmm. you know, their needs as well. Yeah. And there's so much that um, we do that may cross over, but I try to stay within my scope of practice and I do have a lot of certifications in that area, but mm-hmm. mine is all about forward movement. So mm-hmm. helping them to set goals and establish the goals and the action steps that are going to get them, you know, whether it's the numbers of A1C or cholesterol or weight or just in general health and nutrition, you know, putting food on the you know, family table shouldn't be that difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of parents have enough stress over that, which we're going to talk about soon. But I'm a certified mental health first aider. And in mental health first aid, it's just basically assessing a situation that might be out of my scope of practice and being able to hand them off to Thrive Forward Therapy Mm -hmm. is powerful to me. So Mm -hmm. I think we're going to work well together. And uh, I know parents and guardians and anyone who works in or interacts with teenagers or kids um, can find some more training and get some support and resources and hopefully Thrive Forward will be one of them as well as Whole Food Health Coach. So I'm grateful for that relationship that we've started. Yeah, so am I. So we're also, um, we're going to talk about stress busting today and being a <laughs> superpower, you know, having our superpowers aligned here <laughs> and, um, you know, our combined self 
care superpowers. So we're uh, directing most of our superpower specifically today in our time together towards coming to the aid of parents and guardians and those that care for children and teenagers. And stress is a normal part of life. We know that. Um, and not just for kids, but for adults and not just for adults, but for kids. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we um, think of it as an adult issue and we forget that our kids are really suffering somewhat as well. And I know you write for um, the Swanee Magazine, Family Matters, and especially last month, your um, article on um, test anxiety and really overcoming that. So I was thinking about testing in school and some of those things, too, where parents need the tools that um, can help them to navigate their child's feelings about these things instead of just you know, get over it, um, Johnny, or, you know, mm-hmm. suck it up, Sue, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, right. But even college campuses uh, are a melting pot of cultures and experiences. And I was just reading yesterday where um, uh, both of those culture and experiences are among the differences that uh, a lot of people are experiencing these days. And one statistic uh, stood out about the higher education students and college and whatever. And it was 60% of college students uh, meet the criteria of at least one mental health challenge. Yeah. And uh, so that, that just kind of really 60% of them. And so mm-hmm. test anxiety, all the expectations, trying to fit in. Um, what else mm-hmm. might I... Yeah, I mean, I see uh, overscheduling. This could be um, just culturally, right, kind of this expectation to be doing a lot, um, trying to build up the resume, especially in those ten, uh, teen years of trying to get into schools. and um, Or, you know, it could just be driven by themselves, just wanting to achieve and yeah. be better than the next. Uh, so I, I see a lot of that. Um yeah, I, I think, you know, peer pressure a little bit, but I'm seeing, a, a, you know, just a little bit more of like transitions and stressors um, that have uh, just come with uh, our, our culture changing, our society changing. Um, you know, one of the um, statistics that I wanted to throw out there is that uh, for social media, three hours per day, if a teenager is using about three hours per day of social media, it doubles the risk of mental health concerns. So if you think about how much social media is a part of our mm-hmm. world and the average, you know, teenager is using about 3.5 yeah. uh, hours, you know, so, you know, that, I think that's a contributor, but, you know, I think there's, there's quite a few contributors there. Yeah, of course. I know um, we mentioned expectations, whether it's school, home, or friends, or just their own self, you know, putting pressures on themselves. And then, of course, you know, just like I said, peer pressure. I guess that's a big word, but we all experience a little bit of peer pressure. pressure. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times um, learning to cope with stress and anxiety, learning how to deal with things that are disappointing or things that, um, you know, just are unexpected maybe or embarrassments or any of those kind of things. Uh, I I just wonder how that shows up sometimes in your practice as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think resiliency is a big piece of it. Um, but our, you know, these teenagers and kids, I mean, they've had to be very resilient. They've been through a lot, you know, depending on their age and how that intersected with their, uh, development. Um, so I, I've definitely seen resiliency grow, you know, through a kind of this COVID time and even after. Um, but, you know, it's also having to then apply that 
um, you know, not just know it, but apply it um, and what that really looks like. And so coping strategies, you know, for a child to have that or for a teen to have those kind of in their back pocket and to be able to pull that out to feel like when life gets hard, there's something that I can go to. It doesn't mean that there's no hope. It Mm -hmm. means that this is a difficult time. It will come and it will go and it will pass. But just what do I do in the midst of it? And I hear so many kids and teens say, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. Um, So just equipping is such a big part of that resiliency. I love equipping. Absolutely. And premeditated, you know, preparation. All of those words are big words when it comes to this and knowing what you're going to do because things are going to happen. You Mm -hmm. know, we've all experienced those things and we're not always prepared. And even if you're prepared, sometimes that's not enough, you know, because you're still going to be bumped around by it. Mm -hmm. But um, resiliency means you're going to bounce back. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's the value. Of, of what we're talking about here. I know I used to tease that, you know, of course there's lots of stressful situations, but um, a school bus, I mentioned that earlier, alone can terrorize a child. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first kids, you know, getting on the school bus, they're so excited, you know, first grade, I get to ride the bus and all of that. And then it can quickly um, ha- have its own issues and complications. Yeah. And I speak from experience because I was an actual Gwinnett County school bus driver for three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I do know a little bit about that. But um, as a parent or guardian, when should you be concerned? let's say about your teen's mental health or their well-being and or is there a way to determine if your child is maybe going through something normal like adult uh, a adolescent behavior and that transition that you mentioned and maybe experiencing something more serious mm-hmm. um, that they should pay more attention to do you know um, mm-hmm. how to address that Yeah. So the things that I always encourage parents to look for is um, some significant changes. So this could be change in their social, you know, maybe they're isolating quite a bit more. That's, you know, some of the earlier signs that we usually see. It can also be changes in sleep, um, eating, um, academic, you Mm -hmm. know, changes. Uh, It can also be more of just uh, kind of their mood changes. A lot of times uh, parents always say to me, you know, well, teenagers are you know, moods are, you know, fluctuating and changing. And, um, you know, yes, there is some of that that just kind of naturally happens. But if it seems like there's more down days than energized days or positive days, that's something to really pay attention to. Um, Or if it seems like their mind just kind of keeps going, there's kind of this racing thought of worries or concerns or asking a lot of questions about what to expect or what they might be concerned of. And it, a lot of times for teenagers, that doesn't turn off at night. And mm-hmm. so it gets in the way of sleep. And um, so, I mean, that's something to really pay attention to because as this kind of uh, shifts, it, it can shift more from stress to some of the other, you know, things that we see, which is anxiety, depression, um, you know, and if it keeps going and it doesn't really have, you know, a way to, Um, you know, kind of work through those things. You know, this is Suicide Prevention Month. I mean, we can even get into that trapped feeling of, I don't know if this is going to change. And I feel like these stressors are so high. 
um, and I don't feel equipped with this, and so I don't see any hope. And so we definitely don't want it to get to that spot. So being really proactive when you start to see some of those uh, stressors start to increase and encouraging teens and kids, here's some ways I deal with it. You know, just, you know, you've got years of experience, you know, as their parent or as their teacher, giving them some possibilities for that or, um, you know, just speaking those out loud, that really helps to um, be preventative with teenagers and kids um, so they can use those when they need them. I think that's a good word. I think also the physical side of things, because I know in my world, I also, I'll talk about nutrition in a little bit, but um, headaches that show up, mm-hmm. stomach aches, mm-hmm. feeling sick, I don't want to go to school today, mm-hmm. you know, yes. those kind of things. There are, you know, some of those things that are going to show up anyway. You know, mom has to go pick the kids up or dad because um, there's a stomach ache issue mm-hmm. and it might be a test ache issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also could be more, you know, internal and more mental, you know, just where their mind is is just creating this anxiety. And then their body's responding because stress does have a physical response and it goes hand in hand. There's a couple different kinds of stress, which we uh, don't have time to get into too much today, but I've talked about it on this um, podcast before because acute stress is pretty important. If I needed to run from a lion, then I would be able to do that. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's a good idea. They say don't run. But, um, <laughs> but and then chronic stress, which is that day in, day out running from a lion. And that's where it can be a problem also for us adults because it does feel like we're running from one point appointment mm-hmm. to the next or this need or that expectation. And the issue with if we could just run from the lion and then get to safety and then just relax, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm safe now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like this chronic stress that's creating so much more anxiety and sleeplessness and illness mostly comes from not ever finding that safe, you know, taking a breath. Yeah. Kind of that calm down that it's going to be okay. I'm safe. Like you said, spot. Um, and a lot of times people, you know, ask me, well, what exactly is stress? Um, and so really it, stress can come in whenever the demands of whatever we have going on or that are needed from us exceed our resources. Mm. So if you think about this in a kid aspect or a teen aspect, um, you know, this could be, maybe they don't have enough time or maybe they don't have, you know, enough resources or support to deal with whatever's in front of them. Uh, and that's really where I see kids um, and teens. Um, but, you know, same thing for adults. Right? Yeah. When the demands exceed our resources, that's where stress comes in. It feels like most of us live in that state unless mm-hmm. we're spending time in self-care, unless we really own it mm-hmm. um, and take ownership and make those decisions that will help us to step away and help us to de-escalate. Mm-hmm. And a lot, instead of just pressing in and pressing in and trying to accomplish and get this mm-hmm. one more thing done. I mean, that's me. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, just this one more thing. Just, yeah. oh, I'm almost going to, I'll send email or, you know, I can, you know, return this one call and then I'll turn off. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's that's not a healthy way to exist, let alone work. I mean, I don't think I can bring my best self all the time if I'm on the edge of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the edge of calling you up and saying, help, Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same, yeah, same with me, right? So, and, you know, just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean that I don't experience <laughs> these same things and use my own strategies to, mm-hmm. you know, calm myself down when I've had a hard day. Um, I model this for my kids, 
you know, as much as I possibly can. We were just actually talking about it last night before they went to bed. And I feel like that's a really great time to talk about things. It's a quiet moment. Mm. They're more receptive. I find my kids ask so many more questions during that time or tell me that thing that made them sad for the day during that time. Um, but that's mm. where I try to slide some of those strategies in. That's a really great tip for our parents out mm-hmm. there to utilize that little bit of time before they close their eyes and go to sleep to maybe even just share with them how grateful you are for them or what you see in their life or it's a strength or or allow them the space to say what's going on. And, and you know, certainly having prayer time with them is always mm-hmm. a good option, too. I yeah. encourage that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to share a few tips, um, and I'm going to stop after each one and let you weigh in, okay? Okay. So that we can, um, and I always tell my listeners to get out your pen and paper, because now's the time, if you haven't already done that, um, to be taking notes. But the first one, um, and we sort of alluded to it, but that's encourage physical self-care. So talk to your teens about their health habits and um, those things like their diet, the nutrition exercise piece of that, because I do think that there's a lot of bad information out there and a lot of young people are falling prey to it. And um, the marketing and some of those things that we've seen, you know, monster drinks and energy drinks instead of actual food and actual, um, you know, fitness routine and some of those things that are more valuable to them. But there are several studies, including one that was published by the American Journal of Public Health, that show the positive effects of a healthy diet and regular exercise that have on well-being and, and mental health. And uh, I always say the worst foods are the ones that come out at schools and churches and hospitals, sadly. Um, those should be the safest places, you know, for, for good food. Um, and I also heard somebody, a parent, say, you know, that their child only has 20 minutes for lunch. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just a lot to put into lunch and socializing because mm-hmm. it is a part of um, a child's experience, you know, and and um, and that's just too little time. Maybe in other places, maybe they could get in trouble if they had more time. <laughs> so maybe that's <laughs> it. But I think they have to feed a lot of kids, so that's mm-hmm. probably why. So focusing on proper nutrition at home is important to do what you can do, not what you can't do, and control what you can control and um, pack healthy foods for your kids. If you're into packing um, their lunches, help them to learn how to pack their own lunch. Um, I think kids can do that for themselves. And it's not the time I would say to my, uh, to my clients, it's not the time to pack them something new to try. Um, You have to, you have to, um, Dr. Sears always says it takes about 20 tries to get your kid Mm -hmm. to actually try something new. So uh, snacks and after school snacks, even, you know, healthy nuts and boy, egg or meat cheese type sticks or fruits and uh, veggies. Kids love to dip their veggies and so get him a healthy um, dip. And I really recommend smoothies, you know, mm-hmm. to put some really good um, nutrient dense vegetables and fruits into a smoothie with, and I encourage um, coconut water. It's such a good, healthy way to have an energy drink. It is one of the best mm-hmm. energy drinks. So I've heard parents, um, you know, an actual expert say one time, parents decide the what, when, and where. Kids decide the if and how much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so your turn. I'm bouncing the ball to you. 
Yeah, I mean, this is more your area, but I'll, <laughs> I'll weigh in just a little bit here. You know, what I see with nutrition and mind, it's so connected. Um, you know, like you were saying, it really does uh, impact how they feel mood-wise. And so there's certain foods that can be really helpful to kind of just stabilize mood, to give energy. Um, so if a child comes in and maybe they're not eating very frequently, that really can impact their focus. And so, you know, that can play out in many ways throughout their school day. Um, you know, just at home at night when they're trying to do homework, they're trying to do activities. Uh, so, so yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're Well, and I think a lot of times um, the things that are quick and easy are the things that end up, you know, in the child's belly in the morning before they go to school. And then I always feel bad for the teacher because mm-hmm. it's usually something sugary and, you know, from Pop-Tarts or, you know, cereals and all of that sugar that they get, which helps stimulate more cravings and what we call excitotoxins in the brain. It overstimulates the brain and then drops it like a hot Mm -hmm. potato. So um, I do teach a lot about healthy fats and also the neurotransmitters and how to fuel your proper nutrition. So you're getting um, proper neurotransmitter function. So, all right. The next one is fostering mental and emotional care. And this is where journaling came in. Also um, creating art or music, um, finding a new hobby such as cooking. Um, and I think that those things vastly improve inner peace and joy. Plus, I think they build confidence and, like you said, resilience even. Mm-hmm. Um, so consider giving your child a new journal or a cooking utensil or maybe a class to help push that type of encouragement. And I use the word push and gen- gently <laughs> because, mm-hmm. um, you know, might not be if mom says I should do it or dad says I should do it. Maybe it's not that fun. But mm-hmm. um, somehow to encourage engage them emotionally in some activity or something that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing that I've um, encouraged several parents to do over the years is um, to journal with a child kind of back and forth in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially for those teenage years where there's kind of some shutdown at times of I'm not ready to talk with parents about this or I don't want to talk with parents about this at all. Uh, sometimes that can be a really great invitation. Uh, you, you know, get a notebook, you fill out, you know, parts of it, or you, there's even journals that will help you to kind of go back and forth, write some things down, um, very positive to the teenager or the child, leave it somewhere where they're going to see it on top of their pillow or desk or wherever that might be. And then the idea is they write back. And so sometimes things that uh, kids or teens are not comfortable with talking face to face. Maybe they'll do it through writing. Sometimes they'll do it through text, but maybe encourage writing as just a quiet moment that they can really process through some of that. I like that. Jack and I have a journal we call it the bathroom journal. Um, and so we write back and forth to each other. I sh- we shared I about that, that at um, on Marvelous Marriage Marathon Month. We gave a lot of tips, and that's one thing we've been doing for 24 years. That's wonderful. So, um, so I love that, mm-hmm. to do that with your child. Jennifer, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, the next is discuss social media usage. Now, you brought that up, and mm-hmm. so I know, you know we both had that uh, mindset. But 90% of teens have an iPhone. Mm-hmm. 90%. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I used to have to, couldn't wait to get home to call my friends that I just spent the day with and they have the phone all day long. Mm-hmm. But social media apps like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Snapchat play an influ- influential role in our kids' lives, young people's lives. And Pew Research Foundation study did um, said that 86% of teens 
who use TikTok and Snapchat say that they are on the platform daily, with a quarter of them saying they are on the site or app constantly. Mm-hmm. A quarter of them. And um, so I say, you know, talk to your teen about their social media usage and how it impacts their mental health. And then listen to them. Ask them questions. Don't just try to ban them from it, is what I've said. Just, you know, it's a discussion that should be taking place. Now, if they're younger, I mean, we make all the decisions for them up to a certain point, mm-hmm. but still, we can't really govern them 24 hours a day because you're not with them. So the idea that I always share is, you know, helping the kids to understand it's a privilege, not a right. And, um, and that with any privilege comes responsibility and there are consequences for, you know, improper use or, or extended use or some overuse, I suppose. But really listening to them, I think is key and helping them to understand because I also learned that because of this with social media, kids have gotten into gambling. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, seriously, I don't, I, I'm, you know, how old am I? 65. And I've never gambled a day in my life. And these Mm -hmm. little people have access to, um, and I guess it says, are you 18, you know, or whatever, or 21 or however old, you know, you have to be. But the, the thought here is discussion with your child and and that's where journaling can come in too, because they can let you know how they're feeling Mm -hmm. about what they read or what they heard or, you know, and, and of course you can probably even see it on their face or in their mood, what they heard and mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, we were talking a lot more about tech uh, with families uh, and, and this has actually become pretty divisive between families because mm-hmm. parents um, want to bring some of these things in that you're talking about and teenagers don't want to have any part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, communication, I think is a big key to that, but it's also looking at the way that that's communicated. Um, we actually covered uh, social media and tech on our uh, socials on Facebook and uh, Instagram all last month. And so uh, there's a lot of different kind of tips and things there. But one of the things that we put on there um, is a social media, um, or sorry, a tech it includes social media, but a plan, right, hmm. for the entire family. And the earlier that a family puts that into place, the the easier it is to keep that going. Um, and so sometimes that looks like having a place where all the devices go at a certain point at night uh, so that people can get rest and you don't have to wonder what's happening in bedrooms behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Um, there really is a lot of times, uh, you know, kids are going into adult worlds that maybe they're just not developmentally ready for. Like you were talking about with the gambling, that's like scratching the surface of all the different things they can find very quickly online. Um, mm-hmm. And so we won't go into all of those, but if you, if you wouldn't, you know, just throw your child out into the kind of unknown, uh, you know, world of, you know, just in a dark alley, right? Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with all the things that can happen, it's the same thing online. Mm -hmm. Um, So equipping them, understanding if they do see something, how do they talk about it? Uh, One of the books, um, you know, that we recommended on our socials is up there for kids um, that really helps them to figure out when they see something, what do they do? Like, what's a three-step kind of process to that? Very good. Um, Because it'll happen, right? When they're using tech, you know, they're going to run into some of those things. Honestly, I think the alley is is less dangerous. It might be. (laughs) It might be. You know, because there might be one person or a gang or something. (laughs) But, you know, when it comes to the internet, there's millions of ways. And it's so unknown. 
Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So, you know, put the parental, parental controls up, but, you know, mm. still be, you know, setting some of those things up. It's, you know, it's them knowing when you're not there, when the parental controls don't protect, you know, from certain things. Now, what do they do? Yeah. Well, and it starts at home. It starts with with you, even the parental controls or those things that, you know, um, that we can do, you know, do what you can do for sure. But it really starts with that dialogue and making sure that our kids understand what it's doing f- to them, mm-hmm. you know, and that they experience, you know, the, the negativity or the guilt or the, you know, mm-hmm. comparisons or any of those other things that are dragging them down, that that may mm-hmm. have something to do with it and asking them the right questions or take them to Thrive Forward Therapy. And mm-hmm. do be sure to look up them on socials because I have followed you and your Facebook page. It's awesome. It's got oh, great information for people. So of all ages for all different mm-hmm. reasons. Thank okay. You. The next one is teach healthy boundaries. And honestly, I think Contrary to popular opinion, teenagers and kids really find it helpful to learn how to set limits. And they're going to experience it later. I wrote an article one time called Mean Mom. You've heard Mm -hmm. Mean Moms as a movie and things like that. It's not like that. But, um, you know, be okay with being the mean mom. I think it's just a part of care and self-care and um, and doing what needs to be done for the family that we love. So whether it's um, helping with social media usage like we're talking about or completing their homework assignments or even in socializing, sending boundaries. So if a, like, for example, if your teenager doesn't feel up to hanging out with their friends, but they feel compelled to, or they feel like they need to, helping them to come up with some boundary setting phrases, I think is a good idea too. Um, Thanks for the offer, but not today, you know, or something like that. Um, Instead, or, you know, I always told my kids, you can blame me. Mom says I can't do that, or mom says I'm, you know, whatever, too young for that, or not tall enough, or however, whatever. Um, but teaching um, your teenager how to set healthy boundaries is something that they'll practice the rest of their lives if they if you do it correctly and not just ban everything and, you know, lock them in a cage somewhere because, you know, it can't be done. But what has to happen is um, my program on purpose parenting is all about parenting your child from the inside out, Mm -hmm. not from the outside in. And those bans and those things, it's like a rubber band um, Mm -hmm. eventually. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, teenagers, they really start that launching process when they're young. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, someone will come into the office and we're sitting at like 16 and, um, you know, we've got a lot of catch up to do. And so kind of what you're talking about is teaching how do they manage themselves? How do they set those boundaries? And I really think that starts probably around 12, 13, maybe even mm. before. Yeah. Of like, days. how do they set some of that up? How do they, um, you know, kind of decide who they want to spend time with, how they want to spend time with people? Um, that it, they don't have to please everyone around them, that they don't have to push themselves to the limit and not take care of themselves, um, that they, they can set those things up and they can um, really bring some structure to the life that's going to take, you know, they're going to stick with them as they launch out into the world, into adulthood and all of that. Yeah, that's lovely. Okay, the last one is talk openly about mental health. The best way to destigmatize uh, mental health is a discussion and talking with your teenager, your child, even at their level. Obviously, you're not going to use big words for a six-year-old, but um, but there are some really great tools out there 
there for even younger um, people to be able to express themselves, how they're feeling. And um, so talking with your teenager about their own challenges is important. And, you know, point to statistics that um, you've read or heard and see what their thoughts are on that topic and understand, you know, that they need to know this is common. It's not, they're not abnormal, that there's not something wrong with them. You're not talking to them because there's something wrong with them. But also, you know, knowing when to ask for help and, you know, help is a good thing. Help is like, you know, anything else. We can't do everything. And asking for help, I think, is sometimes a superpower Mm -hmm. because it doesn't come naturally to any of us. It's something supernatural almost that we have Mm -hmm. to reach out. And that's why we say, you know, prayer is important to me because it's like there's so many things I can't handle, but he can handle it all. And um, he carries me. So, (laughs) yes, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, you know, really important, you know, that you bring that up and, um, you know, I think the more the, uh, parents are able to kind of move in that direction, I think it really just brings, you know, a lot of, a lot of help to teenagers and to kids. Oh. Well, I, I teach something called the ABCs. I actually added a D, ABCD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tool for kids just to kind of become aware of their own emotions. And I know you guys have a, a lovely little children's area you that's know. specific for helping them to express themselves, mm-hmm. to talk about things. Um, and uh, But this is just a quickie for um, for anybody listening. A is awareness. And it's, it's really about identifying your emotions, identifying what's going on. And at every level um, or every age group, there's a way to do that. And, and then B is breathing, you know, just sometimes like that, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, feeling safe. It's just, it's almost like, it's almost physiological. If you take that inhale, exhale moment of your day, at least once a day, and then calming, you know, or coping. Some people, I, I call it calming because it just helps bring me back to the moment, what really matters right mm-hmm. now. And, um, and that just calms me down. And then the D is, do I need help? Mm-hmm. Do I need something other than what I'm able to do? I'm aware something's going on. I did my breath. You know, I'm trying to calm myself and it's not working. So do I need help? And, and the E could be everyone needs, you know, help sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think modeling this because you can, you can talk about it and you can say it so many times, Mm. but, um, kids are going to watch what you do and teenagers even more so are going to watch what you do. Um, and teenagers, you know, I feel like after working with teenagers for so many years, they're really looking at parents because it's a shift from, um, that a parent is almost like a superhero, right? The parent can do anything and, Mm -hmm. um, but then the parent becomes real. And so they're watching, a parent during that time oh, that's right. for how do they actually manage this? this? This is what they say, but then what do they actually do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're watching, you know, how do you manage your own emotions? Um, and so we're going to learn as much as we, as much as teenagers learn from us, they're, you know, we're going to learn from them. Um, teenagers are extraordinary. There's so much that's happening. I love my teens. In the, so in the brain during that time. So, um, so yeah, I think modeling is a big piece of it, but then also giving information. Here's different ways that you could, maybe I would want to try this. Maybe we try it together. What would this look like? I like the trying it together. And I always like the choices because I think teens want to make a choice. They're, that autonomy is really kicking in. And, um, and so if you say you will do this, this one thing mm-hmm. is not always the best plan. The best mm-hmm. plan might be which of these things feels like it's something that you could do or something Mm -hmm. you could add. 
God. And, um, and that helps them a lot. And I know for, for anyone who's really struggling, you know, with either, um, you know, suicidal tendencies or, or just really don't know where to go. I know there's a, the 988 number now, but that for the mental health hotline. Um, mm-hmm. but did you know that six weeks after they launched it, there was already over 10,000, um, calls Georgians wow. had made seeking help. And doesn't surprise me, but yeah, I'm sure it doesn't because I know your schedule is. is probably pretty uh-huh. full. And, yes. um, but I was thinking about how, you know, uh, how it escalates to a place like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times kids, adults, teenagers, any age group, any, uh, anyone just needs someone to listen sometimes. And that's mm-hmm. easy because, they don't know that person on the other end of the line. And so maybe that's an option, but that should tell us that they need to talk Mm -hmm. and um, people need to talk. And so Thrive Forward Therapy is there for those who want to improve and persevere and, um, um, and take care of themselves, that self-care side of things. Routines are great. We talk about, you know, routines with children and helps them to self-regulate and some of them, them, you know, to help them manage their expectations and, um, getting enough sleep. We talked about nutrition, um, mm-hmm. as well. Sleep kids, kids are actually supposed to get 10 hours of sleep a night. So mm-hmm. avoiding those electronic, um, devices before bed, putting it away at an early time, they say three hours before bed, minimum mm-hmm. two hours before bed. So no blue lights, but I encourage families also to do, uh, uh, you know, start practicing a mental check-in mm-hmm. with your kids every day. And you mentioned it for nighttime is a mm-hmm. great time because they're quieter, they're, they're winding down, they're a little more calm, there's more peace um, at that time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the whole family benefits from a check-in, maybe the dinner table, but it might be at night. And, um, and then my last point is just practice what you preach. And you already mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. Best example is the one you set as a mm-hmm. parent or guardian, um, your own mood management and um, self-care superpowers is what's most important because kids learn, um, they should learn that mood management and coping skills and resilience and all the things we've been talking about from you mm-hmm. as a parent, from you as a guardian. And those are some amazing, um, we've given a lot of information in this t- short time mm-hmm. that we've shared together. So yeah. I'm sure that some of our um, listeners are going to want to listen to this all again, but I want to make sure that if there's anything that you haven't said that you just want to make sure that people know, I'd love to give you that opportunity. So go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we're all about kind of equipping and resourcing. And so we have a part of our website uh, that you can go and we're putting a self-care, uh, you know, different options for that. All different ages can benefit. Uh, so if you guys want to go to Thrive Forward Therapy backslash uh, self-care, that's where you can find those resources. We're actually going to be adding some more um, coming up in the next, uh, you know, week or so. So if you check it today, check back. Uh, but there's a lot of resources there. We have um, a calm down card and that is for um, getting grounded. So if, if someone is feeling really anxious or, um, you know, this could be just high stress for the day, uh, it's really about engaging all five senses and it's just a quick little card that you can use for that, um, that you can find there. Uh, there's also kind of just a, a calming uh, strategy for uh, a routine at night. And then there's a questionnaire you can take that just gives you some more ideas of how to do that book recommendations. So there's, there's a lot of information in there. 
Great. All right. Well, both both of us are um, have been nominated for Best of Gwinnett in different categories. So I encourage mm-hmm. our listeners in Gwinnett County or all around the area to vote for Thrive Forward Therapy and Whole Food Health Coach as well. We are in your corner and we're working together in partnership. So I am excited to just um, have spent this time with you, Jennifer, and I feel like it's benefited all of our listeners. Super, um, super, 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 super powers. Yeah, and, thank you again um, for having me. You're welcome. Awesome. All right. Well, you've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC. And I've been with Jennifer Wilmoth today, Thrive Forward Therapy. And remember, Whole Food Health Coach is here in your corner. We make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. For information about our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or individual coaching programs, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well personally and professionally. See you next week live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, watch football and choose life. <laughs>